with enforcement of GDPR officially beginning on Friday, what's the impact on the healthcare and banking sectors? We'll dive into that in this special edition of the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. The General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR as it is more commonly known, is a regulation in EU law on data protection and privacy for all individuals within the European Union and the European Economic Area. This week, the ISMG team is devoting the entire security report to focus exclusively on GDPR, given the seismic implications of this regulation for data security and identity management for not just EU countries but around the world. We're going to focus on the implications for the healthcare and banking industries in the US, as well as taking the temperature of GDPR preparedness in Australia. GDPR is impacting pretty much every single industry that touches data. One of these obviously is healthcare, which has fairly significant data protection requirements already. I spoke with Marianne Kolbesuk-McGee, the executive editor of Healthcare Info Security, regarding which healthcare entities in the US need to comply with GDPR. In general, it's not all healthcare entities in the U.S. In fact, there's really uh, you know a select few that need to comply, and those are generally organizations that do clinical uh, studies that involve uh, the EU or EU patients. Um, also, people uh, organizations that actively uh, do marketing to target uh, EU patients and uh, any organization that has a EU office that, you know, they actually see patients there or are involved with patients, you know, in the EU. You'd have to be hiding under a rock somewhere not to know about GDPR right now, but if it just so happens that you're just discovering about GDPR and you're in healthcare, if you're this late to the game, what can you do? Well, attorney Bob Stanky of the law firm Davis Wright Tremaine says there's three key things to look for or to act on. Here's Bob. Companies probably need to do three things. First, they need to look at their systems and determine exactly where data that is subject to the GDPR might be processed. Is it just a marketing database that they have? or is it a set of databases that are involved in research or clinical trials, or is it their entire clinical practice that's subject to to the GDPR? So it's important to understand what the scope of the exposure of the new law for their systems and for their activities would be as, as a first thing. And the second thing is probably to ensure that to the extent that they are collecting data from Europeans that they have the right public-facing materials in place to, to show their compliance with the GDPR. So this means making sure that whatever privacy policies, privacy statements that they have that are the basis for which data is being collected from EU residents, that those are fully updated to meet the compliance requirements of the GDPR. The GDPR has specific obligations around transparency. It also has obligations to allow for certain access rights, and it's important that all that be reflected in documents that are available for public inspection and that are used as the basis for the collection and processing of the data. And probably the third area to be aware of is third-party relationships. If you are somehow involved with processing EU data, you may be asked to sign a contract committing to comply with obligations under the GDPR. This may be the situation in which 
you are receiving data from a healthcare provider or an institution in Europe, and they're giving it to you for some sort of processing activity. You may be asked in that circumstance to sign a contract that says that you will comply with many of the obligations of the GDPR. So healthcare organizations, research organizations need to be ready for that. And equally, if you are subject to the GDPR, you have obligations to flow down those requirements to your supply chain. So to the extent that you have vendors and suppliers that are providing services to you as a healthcare organization or a research institution, and those third parties have access to that EU resident patient data, you need to make sure that you have contractual terms in place with them where they agree to honor the commitments to protect that data in a manner consistent with European law. There's a component of GDPR, which is the customer's right to be forgotten. But again, there's there's clearly some sort of gray areas around that. So what, what does that mean for healthcare? You're right. It is a gray area for healthcare because in the U.S., under HIPAA, U.S. healthcare entities need to hold on to data for a certain amount of time. And our attorneys say that when it comes to uh, complying with GDPR and the right to be forgotten and EU patients that might fall under that, there is some wiggle room. Um, For instance, healthcare entities don't necessarily need to delete a patient's information right away. Uh, There may be regulatory requirements that these healthcare entities have in terms of reporting you know, their compliance to certain um, regulations related to, uh, you know, quality uh, of patient care, uh, also perhaps inspection-related data. So there's a lot of wiggle room, and I guess it'll be uh, yet to be seen, you know, what actually happens when it comes to a EU patient who's asking for their health information to be deleted by a U.S.-based organization. Well, thank you very much, Marianne. Thanks, Nick. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. While GDPR is a European regulation, its impact is being felt around the globe, reaching as far as Australia. To tell us more, here's ISMG's Jeremy Cook. Europe's general data protection regulation is unique in that its reach will stretch far beyond the continent. The regulation sets a tight standard for how companies and organizations must handle and process data of European citizens, even if those organizations are outside of Europe. Steve Ingram, who's Asia-Pacific Cyber Lead for PwC, says the country's stance is like bookends, with preparedness running the spectrum. So, Jeremy, I think the mandatory breach notification has helped. But when I look around the market, I still see bookends at the moment. We have some organisations that are absolutely locked and loaded and ready to go. But for many organisations, there's still room for improvement. I think the important message is that if you haven't started yet, it's not too late, but it is too late to beg forgiveness. So you need to get cracking with it soon. The penalties for non-compliance are severe. Organisations are required to report breaches within 72 hours. Penalties can be up to 20 million euros or 4% of annual global turnover. For Australian businesses, the challenge is also ensuring that they are not only directly prepared, but also that their partners which process data on their behalf are on board. Ingram says that means organizations need to undertake a fundamental exercise, which is figuring out where all of their data lies. I think, Jeremy, it comes back to really understanding your data footprint, understanding your business. So how do you collect data? How do you use it? How do you delete it? 
Where do you store it? With whom do you share it? What visibility and control do you have over the data that you've collected? How can you demonstrate to the regulator that you've complied? And how are you going to respond within 72 hours? Some companies in the U.S. are seeing compliance with GDPR as a competitive advantage. Ingram says if Australian companies pick up on that, it would be good practice, as consumers are increasingly becoming attuned to the risk of poor data handling practices. Steve Ingram again. So I think regulations aside, the market will judge you not on whether you have a breach, but how you respond and deal with that breach. And I think as these uh, regulations come into play, the expectations from our customers will increase accordingly. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, this week I got to speak with Brett King, a well-known futurist, best-selling author, host of the Breaking Banks podcast, and CEO of Neobank Moven. I asked Brett whether he thought GDPR would be a template for data regulation of banks in the US. I, I would have said no up until we saw the recent uh, Senate hearings around Facebook. Now, the fact that Facebook and other organizations like them have, you know, Google included, have voluntarily committed to comply with uh, GDPR and have said, we will make this a consistent standard across the globe in respect to our platforms, means that it sort of already has for the larger tech organizations like Amazon, Google, Facebook, Netflix has become the de facto standard. Um, when it comes to banks, though, you know, the, the banks have had a, a, a pretty significant compliance workload over the last uh, you know, couple of decades, and that seamless spend in IT is, is primarily focused on compliance the last decade. And, and so I think, you know, the uh, response from um, many banks in this situation would be, we'll wait and see what the U.S. regulator has to say. We're not going to put on, we're not going to carry extra costs and extra responsibilities unless we have to. For those banks that clearly have European presence and operation, then they really don't have any choice. Um, but I think those where there's marginal um, exposure on the GDPR rules, I think you know they're probably going to wait for uh, US regulators. Having said that, I think, um, I think the GDPR is a good template, but I think also if you look at what's happening in China, you know, China's got a sort of a different approach to this, which is there's, um, you know, uh, data sharing is, uh, particularly at the government level, is much more accepted from a Chinese perspective than it would be in Europe. And so these are really the two sort of emerging constructs that, that um, will help us think about the future of this. Um, and if you want access to services in the future, for example, you know, let's say uh, you know, you're wearing an Apple Watch and it has a um, EKG, ECG uh, capable uh, band on your wristwatch that captures heart rate data, reports that to a service provider that can process that data and predict whether you're going to have a heart attack as an example. This is sort of a basic service we might have in the future. If you don't allow data sharing amongst multiple organizations for your heart rate data, you're simply not going to have access to, to that quality of care that's possible through that technology layer. The same with open banking in respect to financial health and getting access to the right credit tools and, um, you know, and, and things like that. Data sharing is going to be foundational for the world that's coming. Data is, is core to that. So GDPR is probably a reaction to the systemic changes around data use we're seeing. However, it's 
probably from the perspective of customers authorizing data access by all these uh, tertiary organizations that might be able to provide you with some benefit, it's probably too restrictive at this point. So unless we can automate the way that happens and make it less of a workload for individuals to determine where their data should be shared, then I think you know, that's going to create some uh, a friction that we'll have to sort of dial back on in the future. That's the ISMG Security Report. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.